HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Katema, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen zakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cook guests. And my guest today is Victor Rivera, who is the head chef at the Bazaar by Jose Andres in New York. Before Victor became the head chef at the Bazaar in New York, he cooked Japanese food in notable restaurants, including Masa in New York City, which has three Michelin stars. Also, he has a very strong culinary background in French, with his experiences at top restaurants such as Jean-Georges von Richten's Edition and Lou Bernardin. At the Bazaar in New York, Victor uniquely incorporates traditional Spanish cuisine and a Japanese cuisine in a style of Spanish tapas. And he marries a seemingly opposite food cultures seamlessly and creates synergies. So today we'll discuss how Victor got into cooking and in particular Japanese cuisine, what is special about Japanese food for him, the unique concept of marrying Spanish and Japanese cuisine at the bazaar, how Victor executes uh, merging the two cultures so well, and much, much more. But before you start, Spanish is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Spanish. And please write a review. We truly appreciate feedback. And I have a quick announcement. As you may know, a major earthquake struck Japan's Noto Peninsula in Ishikawa Prefecture on January 1st. The death toll keeps climbing, and the damage to the beautiful region is tremendous. And importantly, 10 of 11 sake breweries in the Noto Peninsula were completely or partially destroyed. So if you can, please donate through reliable organizations, including the Japanese Red, Red Cross, and the U.S. Japan Foundation, and the Ishikawa Sake Brewers Association. I put the links to these organizations in the show notes. 
Now let's start a conversation with Victor Rivera. Hello, Victor. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. It's great to be here today. How are you? Very good. So um, I was very impressed by your, how you magically merged two cultures at the bazaar. So I've, I've been really looking forward to speaking with you today to uh, demystify what do you do at the bazaar. So to get to know you, uh, first of all, where are you from and what did you eat when you grew up? Well, I'm like uh, American, born in New York uh, with the background of Puerto Rican parents. Uh, so when I grew up, you know, the main, main staple household item that I can say was 95% of all our meals was rice. Uh, I think rice is just a common bond that we all share across the globe, essentially, where, you know, most meals are centered around rice. Uh, so even to this day, I think to me, just a good bowl of rice, you know, whether it be with egg or simple fish or meat, it's just, it's it always home for me. So it's something that is very, very uh, special for me. Mm, right. It's interesting, right? Both Spanish and Japanese cuisines have huge um, relationship, strong um, base with rice. So Absolutely. It was, right. it was for, you know, I, I, I feel that it was one of those, you know, those monumental items that really changed the course of human history and just how we evolved as humans. And it's just interesting to see how even in different regions throughout the centuries, you know, we still have that common thread. Mm, right. And uh, just as much as maybe tea, um, rice can be very diverse. It, if it's even the same species or variety, the rice can be very diverse and you are so good at um, making the most of the each flavor from each country. So so before you became the head chef at the Bazaar by Jose Andres, uh, you cooked Japanese food in notable restaurants, including Masai in New York, uh, which has three Michelin stars, and other restaurants such as Nikki Beach and Shoji Sushi in Florida. So why did you get into Japanese food? And how did you study Japanese food uh, at the beginning? Well, it was one of those things that uh, in my first restaurant that I actually worked, uh, I've been working in a restaurant since I was 15 years old. I started as a dishwasher, just trying to work my way through school and then eventually through college. And I just stayed in the restaurant industry for, you know, permanently. But uh, when I was in my first official kitchen job, there was a sushi bar. And that was kind of my first introduction to Japanese cuisine. And even though I was working on the more on the hot side of the kitchen, per se. And there was just always the fascination and just, I always wanted to see what was going on behind the, su the sushi bar. At the time, the sushi chef was actually a female Japanese chef. Uh, and me and her, we just created a bond that she just started to teach me little by little. And it was my first introduction to it. And really what drew me more than anything was just the attention to detail, the refinement, the cleanliness, and just it just it just really really resonated with me, and I just took it and never looked back. 
Interesting. And especially that female Japanese sushi chef was kind of an oxymoron. That used to be. <laughs> There's no female sushi chef. And uh, I think that's the most exciting part, one of the most exciting parts of American food culture. Uh, There's no rule and the whole opportunities expands in this country. So, yeah, I'm so glad you met her and you developed a healthy idea of Japanese sushi. So, but you also worked at uh, Lubanudan and Jan Jolf's Bon Richten's uh, edition restaurant. So uh, you had the French training very uh, refined training. So what, how did the, do you explain that part of your culinary training, which I think is very foundational? Yeah, I would have to say that the first the first couple of years of my culinary training were mostly Frenchly, uh, French-based techniques, you know, very much French brigade system in the kitchens. And again, the same thing like Japanese culture really did show me refinement, but it was more learning, more about learning the structures of the kitchen and how the kitchens operate and you know with the training with john george even along with john george there was always that sense of you can see a little bit of the japanese influence as well even within the french environment and that's something that also kind of i would always kind of take a closer look at that because i always saw the similarities as opposed to the differences mm, interesting yeah john george and Brickton is very well known for merging um, very clean flavor from different countries and Correct. especially Japanese. And uh, Lubanidan, of course, uh, that's a very fish-driven restaurant. So I'm sure uh, it was an interesting uh, contribution to your current skills, right? Because fish is Absolutely. very hard. <laughs> Absolutely. So when I first, uh, you know, when I got into Japanese cuisine and I was working behind the sushi bar, you know, the big focal point was obviously the fish. And that kind of transpired myself into kind of following that route of wanting to work in one of the best seafood restaurants in the world. And that's one of the main reasons why I chose Roberta Dinn and why I wanted to work there so bad, because they had the same respect and president that the Japanese had in the sushi, but just more in the French style. Mm. Right. The chef Eric Repaire, I think he his expression is more like uh, less is more versus classic French style. It's like very minimized um, approach, but then maximize the flavor of the fish. So yeah, it really makes sense. And I, I really thought that what do you do at the bazaar is very similar to that yes. approach. That right. is definitely what we try to do here. Mm, right. And uh, at Massa, where you worked from 2011 to 2012, um, of course, Masa is one of the best sushi restaurants in the U.S., and you worked as a chef de party. So Correct. what was your responsibility there, and uh, what did you learn from the experience? I mean, really, more than anything, what I always say, uh, the main thing that I got away from that experience, it was a realization of, you know, the work ethic that it really takes to be at the top of the craft, being that uh, Chef Masa is you know, one of the top chefs here in America, three three mission and stars, it really gave me the behind the scenes of what it really takes to be there. And, you know, I'll be the first to say that Chef Masa was, is the type of chef that's in the restaurant every day, you know, long hours. And, you know, it was all about attention to detail. And, and my responsibilities there would be anything from, you know, when I first started, it was, you know, receiving the product, receiving the fish, cleaning the fish, making sure everything was, you know, 
in its right place. And slowly but surely, my responsibilities continued to grow. Uh, I was able to get, you know, to cook the shari for Taisho, as I like to call Masa, uh, Taisho. And, uh, and yeah, it was a little bit of everything from sauce work to butchery to taking care of the produce, everything. So it was, it was long days, but definitely, definitely, I'm glad I did that. It was been a very rewarding part of my career. Mm. Well, it sounds like you had a kind of a graduate school of sushi <laughs> training in a way. That's the best Correct. way, right? Yeah, the best way. Intense. <laughs> right. So what is the essence of Japanese food that you feel special about? You know, I think it goes back to what you said. It's just about minimalism and really being in harmony with nature. I think that is one of the most beautiful things, uh, not just in cooking, but it just tends to be my philosophy in life is really trying to be in harmony with nature. And I think, you know, Japanese cuisine is is the best at that. And that's why it's been a lifelong study for me because it really is, you know, just comes down to harmony. Mm, right. And uh, what was, or what is the most challenging part of cooking Japanese food for you? Keeping it simple. I think, you know, we live in a day and an age where, you know, it's very easy to get caught up the external noise and we're you know human nature always wants more 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 but to really have that self-discipline that awareness of you know it's not what can you put on the plate it's what can we take away and that's really been the driving philosophy for me for, for quite some time now and it's not perfect but you know it is a lifelong journey that I'm very happy to be a part of Mm. Right. It must be hard, right? Because uh, the whole idea of New York City's global <laughs> influence, you may want to add or try something new, but you have to resist. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you just see three ingredients on a, on a, on a plate, you know, yeah. you right away that doubt, that self-consciousness might come into play. Is this enough? Uh, is the guest going to see this, you know, from a value perception? But I think that's when you have to have the, the confidence and, you know, believe in yourself that what you're serving is in its purest form and people will learn to, to appreciate it. Mm, well, it sounds like uh, martial arts, studying martial arts, you have to really focus and try to eliminate anything else than what you think is right. Correct. Yeah, it really comes down to just being in the moment and being present and just being in harmony with your kitchen, with your surroundings. Another part for me that I think it's very special and beautiful about Japanese cuisine is not just the, you know, the respect and reverence that they show towards the ingredients, but not only the ingredients, but everything in the Japanese kitchen is sacred from the cutting board to your knives, to the spoons that you're using, to the dish, dish area in the back. Everything is sacred. So, you know, it's something that we implement in our restaurant here as well. Mm, right. Okay. Um, by the way, um, when I, I met you at uh, the bazaar, I really sense you have, you know, the way you greet, it's very Japanese. So, uh, did you go to Japan? Have you been to Japan and study or some, it's like a training you naturally acquired over the years? It's a natural training that I've naturally acquired. I've been fortunate enough that I have, uh, a lot of mentors and friends that now are friends in my life that, uh, you know, just naturally, it just kind of happened. And it's something that, 
it is my dream to go to Japan. I'm planning to take a trip, hopefully sometime this year. And, you know, but yeah, it's just something that I, you know, naturally just harmonize with the culture. And it seems very natural to me. It doesn't seem forced uh, from me. It just, it, I welcome it, I guess. Mm, yeah, I was very impressed. <laughs> so I thought you Thank spent you. Some, some years in Japan. So, all right. So we will take a quick break here. And when I come back, we'll dive into uh, how Bifter naturally marries traditional Spanish and Japanese flavors. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Coin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the Welsh natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Coin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit coin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs on HRN Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Aki Kotayama, and my guest today is Victor Rivera, who is a head chef at the Bazaar by Jose Andres in New York. Okay, so you joined the Jose Andres, uh, Jose Andres group eight years ago. And as many people know, Chef Jose Andres is extremely talented creative chef, and very well respected globally for his valuable humanitarian activities through his non-profit organization, World Central Kitchen. So what is it like to work with Jose Andres? And how does he lead people successfully? And what inspiration do you get from him? Well, Chef Jose Andres, even though he's out saving the world and, you know, you see him on TV and you wonder how does this guy does so many things at once, but I can say firsthand that he's very much involved in the in the operation of the of the restaurant and in the opening and he's constantly giving us feedback and he's the guy that kind of sets the vision for what you know not just this restaurant but the entire company as a whole is you know what we're going for and where we're striving to be uh the great thing about working with chef jose andres is really we really do have a great support system. It's a collaboration amongst many different chefs, uh, including myself. We have chefs back in DC. Our head chef from research and development, his name is Koji Terano, who's a dear friend of mine and mentor of mine as well, who has kind of, you know, influenced Chef Jose as well, you know, throughout the years, you know, for this love for Japanese cuisine. You know, when you go to Chef Jose's house and you open up his pantry, Believe it or not, a lot of its ingredients are, you know, Japanese and, you know, kind of playfully, you know, this concept has, you know, been in the works, you know, for over a decade now. And just to be at this point where it's finally something physical, I think it's just a beautiful, you know, story as far as the journey of Jose as a chef as well, who came here as a Spanish chef, 
and has been able to evolve, you know, his style and his sense of cuisine as well. Mm. I'm just happy to be an ambassador of that. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Whenever I see uh, Chef Jose Andres, he has his energy is like as much as for the amount of 10 people combined. And I... Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know, when Chef Jose walks in the door, you, you, you feel it. <laughs> it's, he, definitely, <laughs> he definitely has that persona. Right. Like a charger. <laughs> yes. Right. Amazing. All right. So one of the Jose, uh, Jose, Chef Jose Andres, uh, 19 restaurants. Restaurant brands actually is the bazaar, and what is the concept of the bazaar, and what is unique about the bazaar in New York? Because each city has different concept of the bazaar, right? Correct, that is correct. Uh, we like to to break down the bazaars into three different categories. We have uh, bazaars that are uh, product driven, so that would be kind of like bazaar meat, which is in Vegas and. Chicago, and that bazaar essentially is focused around meat. And we had, we also have the bazaar classic, which is kind of like Jose's greatest hits. And that location we have, and we just opened in Washington D.C. this year, and we're gonna open up a couple more bazaars later in the pipeline. And then we have what we call concept-driven bazaars, which is essentially what the New York location is, and you know what separates this particular location is. The Japanese influence is at the forefront, uh, as opposed to the other bazaars where it's just kind of sprinkled in here and there. We really, really wanted to take this marriage, you know, as the identity for this bazaar. Uh, we are a Spanish company, but we do have a great affinity for Japanese ingredients, techniques. And, you know, we're just very fortunate that this project finally came to fruition. Mm, right. Um, as far as I know, the restaurant, um, the bazaar in New York's concept goes back to um, kind of the history of Japanese ambassador who visited Spain in 17th century, actually converted to Christian. And uh, it's just a really represent a long history of uh, culinary exchanges or cultural exchanges between Spain and Japan. So how do you summarize the concept of uh, the bazaar New York? Well, you're absolutely right. When we did the, you know, before we even cook and when we were creating these concepts, you know, we really, really go down into the history and does it make sense? And as we continue to study and we continue to go deep, deep into history, we did realize that, hey, there is more similarities than differences among, amongst both cultures. And we really felt that this concept is just naturally fitting for each other. Um, Asegura Sunenaga was that Japanese ambassador that went to Spain over 400 years ago. And he really was kind of the first person that made that contact with the Spanish culture. And we can still see those influences to this day. And Mm. I think the story behind it, I think it's just beautiful. Right. So at the Bazaar New York, you offer many different types of tapas-style creative dishes, uh, which represent the best part of traditional Spanish and Japanese flavors and techniques. So could you give us some examples of your unique dishes? Yes. Uh, so there's certain dishes that are very much Spanish-driven. There's certain dishes that are very much Japanese-driven. And then we have a couple dishes here and there that we kind of were able to find uh, the harmony between both cultures 
I think one of those dishes that really shows what we do here at the Bazaar in New York is our hako sushi with shimaaji and mojo crocante. So upon doing our research and development, you know, we went back into history and we uh, really wanted to do further digging into the hako sushi technique of the pressed sushi. And the way we do it here is we have a sushi rice with shimaaji, is brushed with a little bit of yuasa soy sauce, and then we finish it with omojo crocante, which omojo essentially it's a sauce base, but here we've created a, a more of a texture, the same flavors of, of omojo, but in a texture. So you have fried garlic, fried pine nuts, fried uh, rosemary, and when you put that with the sushi, you have the texture, you have the flavors, and it really just harmonizes all together in a beautiful, in a beautiful way. Mm, right. Sounds like a very umami driven. And uh, yes. I, I'm glad, you know, the hako sushi is not like uh, edomai sushi, which is a piece of uh, fish on top of a bowl of rice. But the hako sushi Correct. is a more Western style of Japanese sushi and it's pressed. So the shape Correct. is different and the flavor yes. is different. But umami level is extremely high. So, yeah, that's amazing. So, and also... Uh, I tasted the uh, uh, couple of dishes. Uh, one of them was the uh, it's really fun uh, air bread. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you explain what it was? Yes, that's one of our classic dishes that I think uh, you know everyone tends to enjoy. So essentially, it's an air bread. It's a bread that we roll it out very, very thin. It has a high yeast content. So what ends up happening is when we break this bread. Essentially, it puffs up, so you have a nice crispy bread, but the inside is actually hollow. And then the way we kind of, you know, we, the way we present it here for this concept is we fill it with uh, manchego espuma. So you have the Spanish product, and then on top you have a Kobe Wagyu. Very, very thinly sliced, uh, tataki style, and then it's just uh, finished with a little bit of Kobe beef fat chives and it's a very simple dish again going back to simplicity if you really think about it it's bread cheese and meat but done in a very very refined clean way and i think it's yeah like you said it's one of those bites where everybody thinks it's whimsical and it's playful and it's fun mm, right i thought it was very and the playfulness is very uh you know, bizarre, like Jose yes. Andreas style. And Absolutely. also, yeah, and the Wagyu, uh, you can see many Wagyu uh, dishes in other restaurants, but this is such an interesting idea of beautifully equally merged Spain and Japanese concepts. And uh, it was so airy and I wanted to have like more than three or four. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Right. And the other thing was the, uh, the shrimp tortilla. There was a uh, very... Yes. Beautiful dish. Can you explain what it is? Absolutely. So we basically, what we what we do is we make a rice pizzelle. So it's uh, a very, very thin pizzelle of, made with dried shrimp, rice. And that kind of plays as the vessel where on top we put, we put a yuzu nori mayo with amaebi and pimienton with a little bit of fresh herbs and uh, and yeah, you definitely get the texture from the rice pizzelle, you get the sweetness from the amaevi, and that's another kind of playful, whimsical take 
on Spanish ingredients and flavors with Japanese ingredients and flavors as well. And I think it, it harmonizes beautifully. Mm, right. And uh, what I expected was more like a Spanish style feeder, but then what came out was Japanese uh, traditional washi paper look. And uh, it's so stunningly beautiful. And uh, of course, the taste was amazing too. So, and there's so many, you have like 70 dishes on the menu because it's tapas style, right? That is correct. One of the things about the bazaar is that, you know, like you said, it's very whimsical, it's playful. And it's, you know, it's almost like a sensory overload where you have a lot of things going on at once. And one of those things is the menu itself where, you know, it's, quite impressive yeah we have you know anywhere between 50 to 70 items on the menu at any given time depending on the season mm, right so um why do you think uh spanish uh cuisine can create synergy with japanese cuisine um what do you think is in common between the two and uh, what is contrasting elements to make the taste and flavor so special uh together on the menu well i think I think the number one key driving factor is the respect for ingredients. I think you can see that common amongst both cultures, uh, many different ingredients. You know, you can go back for centuries of just how they've been cultivated, you know, generation by generation. For example, the Spanish black-footed pig, uh, the jamón ibérico, uh, and the same thing goes for Japanese cuisine, where you have, you know, your traditional soy sauce makers have been doing this for many, many generations and, and people that make soba and many other ingredients as well. So you definitely see an affinity for respect for culture and tradition amongst both sides. Where I think the balance comes, it's, you know, I think, you know, Japanese cuisine, it's a little bit more about holding back and being more refined and being, you know, where the, the Spanish flavor is a little bit more forefront and it's a little bit more in your face and it's very, uh, for your palate, it's, it's a lot. So I think, you know, having both sides where you have the refinement of the Japanese cuisine along with the strong Spanish flavors, you know, I just think it naturally just meets well in the middle. Mm, um, right. And then you magically balance the, you know, two personalities so well. So yeah, I can't wait to go back there because there's so many um, impressed dishes. I was looking at next tables and I wanted that and this one, that and I wanted this one again. So it's such a fun place and a beautiful uh, space as well. So how did you, or do you develop the menu? It's uh, so basically when we create these concepts, it really is a collaboration with many, many chefs. Uh, it's, we have a research and development chef in DC. We have a concept chef just for the Bazaar brand. Obviously, I'm in the mix as well. Chef Jose's voice is very, you know, in the mix. And before, we basically, it's just a round table with a lot of chefs, and it's just a constant dialogue of just back and forth. And sometimes we take an idea and we start with one thing and end up with something that was completely different than what we intended. And usually that's how it is, but it's a very organic process. It's no one individual. It really does come down to just a team of chefs, just really driving conversations and driving ideas and trying. Yeah. That's basically how we, uh, we get to this place. Right. 
Okay. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, the uh, research and development head chef, uh, Koji Terano. Uh, he sounds like a very um, well-known uh, the knowledgeable about the Jose Andres concept, as well as uh, he was um, trained as a sushi chef at the Sushiko restaurant, uh, which is very um, important sushi institution. So, yeah, yes. it sounds like you have a great team of people. Yes, I mean, there's no way we, it would be possible to do what we do. And Chef Jose would be the first one to tell you that. It's, you know, we surround ourselves with great people and great chefs, and we're just very fortunate to have the team that we have. Mm, right. So how often do you change the menu? Like, is it the more kind of constant up, update or you have like four times a year kind of change? It's it's a constant update. I think uh, we, you know, being again, that our, our menu is such, it's so large, you know, it's almost impossible to do a complete menu change, you know, every single dish. So what we do is we're constantly changing dishes, trying to be as seasonal as possible. So we may switch out one ingredient for a more seasonal ingredient. There are the bizarre classics, which are not going to go in nowhere, but a good portion of the menu is in constant evolution. And like I said, it's, it's a constant dialogue. Mm, right. Well, I can't wait for you to go to Japan and come back, and then there could be a, a big change on the menu as well. So hopefully yes. <laughs> this year. No, that's actually one of the main reasons why I want to go to Japan this year. Right. It's been long for you. So yeah, we we take trips and we want to do a little bit of research and development and see what we can bring back. And we're very excited for the evolution of the bazaar. Right. Great. So you have plenty of experience in a wide range of culinary genres from French, Spanish, Japanese, and American. So what have you learned so far from your experience at the bazaar, which is a very unique space as a chef? I think, you know, I think the bazaars is essentially the perfect, the perfect place for an individual like myself. Because when you think of the bazaar, the bazaar is essentially the way we like to describe it is Jose's culinary playground. And, you know, given the concept of this bazaar, it really doesn't have no limits to what we can possibly do. And going back to what you said earlier about, you know, my first chef being a female sushi chef, which was not common at the time. It's kind of the same concept here where, you know, there is no rules, there are no boundaries. And in a way that is kind of liberating for us as chefs and as professionals here in the hospitality industry. Mm, right. But I have to say there's a very careful consideration not to cross the line in a um, whim- two whimsical way. It's, oh, there's a control over it. And, uh, it's a, uh, I think the self-disciplinary idea, uh, I think is um, kind of the challenge you're given and you seems to, you seem to be enjoying it as well. So I think, you know, people like fun, f- fun food, fun menu, but I think there's a um, comfort uh, by leaving to everything to you because I know you're not going to go beyond the boundary of deliciousness. So that's how I felt. Uh, and also Jose Andres menu, it's always some kind of discipline and he never crosses. So I think, uh, right, you're doing a great job. So, yeah. So what are your plans and dreams? Uh, my plans and dreams is to, you know, obviously want to continue to invest my time here at the Bazaar. Uh, I want this to be, 
one of the New York establishments that are right up there with many of you know restaurants here in New York that been that been around for a while. You know, when it's all said and done, I want the bazaar to kind of be in that same league as far as staple restaurants in New York City that can be successful for a very long time. Mm, right. I, I thought it would be fun to open a bazaar, a uh, New York concept in Tokyo, somewhere else too. So, <laughs> yes, Maybe. yes, that, that is in the works. We are expanding the brand uh, to several locations. We have several openings this upcoming year, and we definitely are, you know, seeing where else can we take the bazaar because we really are excited about this brand and its potential and taking the bazaar to, you know, the global, global level. Mm. Amazing. Right. So keep me posted on that because I'm very curious. And this should be shared. This concept should be shared um, in beyond the cities than in New York. So, yeah. So uh, where can we find your updates online on social media? So the Bazaar, the Bazaar restaurant itself has its own Instagram. Uh, we have it's Bazaar by Jose. And my personal Instagram is at chef underscore Victorino. And you can see some of my postings there on a daily basis as well. Great. Wonderful. All right. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And you, I knew you were so busy and you were in the kitchen. So no, um, <laughs> right, good luck. And uh, well, keep me posted on your trip to Japan and maybe you can join us again uh, uh, to discuss your experience. Absolutely. That would be great. And I can't wait to have you at the restaurant again. <laughs> right. I look forward to it too. All right. So listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at Japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or at kikuatema.com. Japanese is a weekly program and is always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Armin Spenjan and thanks for listening. I will see you next week. Bunnies is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.